Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. And honestly, this is this is just a little bit weird. This has probably been the longest gap in recording a podcast that I've personally had in like maybe the whole the whole lifetime of the podcast, which were like three hundred plus episodes. But to start this off, guys, we got a little bit of somber news. So as many of you might have guessed, I had to I had to put Elliot on unpaid leave. We just had too many differences. He wants to shoot a full choke. I want to shoot improved modified. He likes face masks. I like face paint. I like mallards, and he likes ruddy ducks. But, you know, it's just what we had to do. So, <laughs> all jokes aside, how are you doing tonight, Elliot? I'm glad to be back podcasting again. Yeah, we've never even come close to this duration of a time <laughs> where we haven't been on the podcast together. It's been like five weeks, I think. Five weeks. That's a break. I think it's I think it's been longer than that. I mean I wanna think? I think so. So the full timeline. So there there is there is reason. We'll give you guys explanation. I don't think I told you this, but I literally had people ask me if you quit the podcast. <laughs> Well, it's been a long time. It has been. Hopefully they weren't hopefully they weren't saying that with glee. No, I said uh when they replied to me, I'm like, I said I I said I wish I could say that because uh that'd be a, a funny rumor, but it's not true. So <laughs> <laughs> but you know yeah. it 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 been a, I I thought, man, I thought to myself so many times to try to like uh <laughs> allude to that just to get people uh, you know, kind of thinking about it, but that wouldn't be true. So um, I'd be sad. I love this podcast. I love doing it. I got no desire to walk away from this thing. Oh yeah, I'm here. You guys are stuck with me unless <laughs> Jordan pulls the plug. <laughs> uh, no, that's not happening. So um, we will. We will give you the explanation though. So um, Elliot and I, we just had to. I had to record it by myself uh, for a couple weeks, kind of leading up to the chase and their opener series. We just busy schedule going into hunting season, all that kind of stuff. And then as many, of you know, uh, we went on the chase in the opener. I did and recorded. Thank goodness. I was able to record three podcast episodes on the chase in the opener. So that kind of tied us over. So there was, that was five weeks in a row right there, Elliot, from those three. And then, mm-hmm. you know, um, as many of you guys know that follow, the YouTube channel and the posts and all that, um, I had to have surgery. So uh, that was no fun. And I was down for the count for a long time. I missed two and a half weeks of work. I missed uh, like almost a full month of hunting. And Hunting. And in, in the worst, like, I don't know when the worst time is, but that's one of the worst times, missing the uh, what I had planned out for the chase and the opener series. So, and here we are now. So that's been since like middle of September and now we're in November. That's how long it's been since you've been on an episode, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I, honestly, I love doing the podcast, but with the heat of hunting season and my regular job going, it was okay to take a little time away. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. I was missing it, but keep things fresh. You know, it's yeah, yeah. That's for sure. It's a nice little break. Just yep. doing a lot of hunting. Yeah, and before the surgery and all that, I mean, I enjoyed doing like that mini series. I think we talked about it on like Marco. I really enjoyed doing like the on the bus, on the scene kind of mini series. And that's the the last episodes uh, you guys have heard. So, um, but in the meantime, I've been like you know recovering from surgery and all that. Um, and finally, we're just at the point to where we can sit down and have a podcast. So it's been a long time coming, Elliot. I'm glad glad to have you back on the podcast, and and here we are. So. Yeah, and, and we'll probably get back to more of a consistent routine here. Oh yeah, so. no probably about it. We're back to the weekly, <laughs> the weekly yeah. updates and all that. So I mean, we for you guys, listeners of the podcast, there's only been like uh, you know a two two week gap, but for me and Elliot, it's been like <laughs> it's been a long time since we jumped on here. Yeah, um, and now yeah. we're in the heat of the season. Uh, we've had our openers. We've had a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, but yeah, and, and we got some updates. So we're going to talk about some hunting. I got some updates on some other things. Um, but before we jump into the nitty gritty of the podcast, let's get a quick word from our partners and then we'll jump into it. So first off, guys, first off this week, um, I want to hit up our new partner. We got Tetra as a new part- partner for the podcast. We had them on last year. Um, they make hearing protection for hunters um, specifically for that. Uh, the, the great thing about them is that they're designed with the same technology, the same hardware as hearing aids. Um, And they got it programmed in an awesome way where you can still hear your buddies talking. You can hear, more specifically, you can hear the wildlife. You can hear birds. You can hear the duck's wings fluttering, all that kind of stuff. But then when the first crack of a gun goes, boom, it mutes it, and you don't have any hearing loss at all from that. So uh, they're an awesome product, Tetra hearing i'm gonna to have to look up their website exactly tetra yes it's tetrahearing.com um and check them out guys they got they got some other options a couple of options on there specifically for the waterfowl hunter so guys, uh, Jordan and I have been working hard on freelance hunt stats, and we can announce now it is finally a full app on both Android and iPhone. So it's been a website where it was just web-based, and we, we had it turned into the app. So now on your phone, if you go into the app store and you search for hunt stats, it's going to pop up, and it is the place where you can keep all of your waterfowling and hunting memories. Log what happened on your hunts the weather variables, um, what birds you shot, uh, lots of different aspects like that. There's also a leaderboard over there. If you haven't checked this thing out, man, we're it's really fun. We're, we're loving it this year. And uh, so go and check that out. Search for Hunt Stats on either the Android or iPhone. Awesome. And just, to, you know, just a, a little bit extra on that, um, guys, one of my favorite features is the is the, the leaderboards on there shows you kind of from we've, we've made a scoring system for each bird that you shoot. Um, and then it tallies it through the season, it compares you to other hunters. And it's just, you know, it's just for fun, but it's super cool. Um, one thing that, you know, if there's anything that you get on there and you see, we can go in there and have that added to it. So feel free to, you know, throw ideas at us. We're actually working all the time to improve it and upgrade it and add more new cool features all the time. 
Um, but one thing Elliot, I think we need to have in there, we don't have it yet, is some way to compare like uh, the previous season with the current season. Because I always like to see like mm-hmm. how I'm doing versus the last season. Because for me, it's more, of, it's, it's as much of a competition against myself as it is against other people. Always trying to improve, be a better hunter. And, you know, sometimes you can't control it, weather and all that. But, you know, a lot of cool functionality on there. Um, check it out, guys. Freelance Hunt Stats on, on the website, on the app, Hunt Stat. Just search that. Android, Apple, you'll find it from there. All righty. So, Jordan, uh, are you becoming a believer that you're going to beat me on the leaderboards this year yet? Uh, no, I don't think so. Really? You're, you're, you're mm-hmm. up. Uh, you have 213, and I've got 110. I mean, you're having, you're, a, you're having a bad season. Um, but even at my best, I've, n- I would have never had a season where I'd beat you. So, um, you're going to have to, <laughs> it'd be unbelievable. It's like you say, you always have a bad month in a year. Um, but usually after that you have the other months are solid. So right now you're in your little slump, which isn't that bad. Really. If you look at like, well, I bird kinda, numbers. Yeah. And I mean, my last two hunts, I put down 10 birds over the weekend. So that's. Yeah, I'm kind of out of the slump. I don't know if I'd really even call it a full slump because I went on those. We can talk about it more. I went on those vet hunts, and I mean they were limits. But I just wasn't pulling the trigger. So yeah, but yeah, I shot four ducks in October this year is all, and that was on the last. That was on the thirtieth of October. <laughs> four ducks in all of October. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, I think you're gonna beat me. Oh, <laughs> I won't be upset if I do. So, uh, next up we got Onyx. Um, Onyx has changed the way that me and Elliot go about our hunting. Um, it's perfect for the hunter, public land or private land. Shows you the boundaries of public land. You can, you know, real quick on a map, see new public land areas. It's color coded to show you that. If you're on private, you can click right on the property owner's land and it'll show you their tax information, their address, and you can drive to the house, knock on the door, and get permission. Um, it is awesome. All in the palm of your hand. Anywhere I'm going, I'm scouting, or if I'm sitting down at my computer, man, I'm having that open all the time, looking for new places, dropping pins, and getting new properties. That's how I got the Snake Swamp, right there from Onyx, um, and I wouldn't do it without it. So check them out, guys, Onyx, uh, whether it's on their website or on the apps. As it's not too late to pick up any gear you need for the waterfowl season. Shoot, some of these guys, especially in the South, haven't even started their season yet. So Banded.com, you can get Banded. GHG Avery there and you know in this time of shipping problems uh, every company has problems with with filling shipping um, requests but right now I know that they're planning on getting a lot of new stuff in in November and new stuff's coming all the time so keep checking in with them and look for that new cool stuff whether it's decoys or gun cases dog needs I mean they just have everything so that's banded.com awesome also like to give a big thanks out to HDR Innovations. Uh, they got the Marsh Stand, they got the layout lounges, they got the quack packs, um, and they got the boot hangers. I want to hit those boot hangers up again. Those are a great price point for the waterfowl hunters. If you have someone in your life that's gonna buy you a Christmas present, that HDR boot hanger is perfect. Boot and waiter hanger. Put it up in your garage. Actually, got three of them up in the bus, the duck bus, so that while we're traveling, we have a place to put waders and boots right there in the front. Um, so it's great for that. It keeps everything upside down, drained, and dried, and organized. Um, check them out, guys. HDRinnovations.com. Use code DUCKGUN10 for 10% off over there. Is that the last one, or did we miss one? Motion ducks. Motion ducks. Ah, oh, man. I'll tell you, we've been hunting um, in both. So we hunted Saturday and Monday, 
and both days were predicted to be really light wind. And so I, 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 I talked about this three or four years ago of trying this out and man, it works. We go dozen decoys and a couple of the motion ducks decoy spreaders where you can get every single duck in the, in the, in the spread, you can get motion on and rippling water. And that is the way to go with no wind and motion ducks decoy spreader has, has changed um how we feel about no wind days it, I, to me that's the number one variable that i hate is that no wind i don't care sunny cloudy I mean, i'd rather have it be sunny probably but, but it doesn't matter what really matters is the no wind and with that motion ducks decoy spreader it gives you that little boost that helps you out on those days um it's just i've got the numbers to show it on, on hunt stats so um it's just better it, it's a better system just a, a few decoys with a, several of your motion ducks decoy spreader and you're going to shoot more birds. Awesome. And the code for that is DuckGun2020. And that gets you 10% off over there as well. Um, guys, we really appreciate all the support. And if there's anything that, that would help us out, you know, it would be to look at the partners that we have. Go over there. Make sure when you buy the products, use the promo codes. Um, every partner that we partner with, they're awesome. And we wouldn't partner with, with anybody that we didn't think had great products and great stuff for you guys and waterfowl hunting. So check them out guys and make sure when you do that, you let them know that we send them your way and help us out a ton. Alrighty, let's go ahead and jump into the nitty gritty of the podcast. So Elliot, I guess I, I got a couple updates before we get into the hunt thing, the hunt, the hunt mm-hmm. updates, which I know we, we probably got, I mean, man, we could go another, probably a whole nother podcast episode because, uh, you know, without doing the podcast, we don't talk near as much and we've both been hunting. So, um, there's been, mm-hmm. a, there's been a lot of hunts going on. Um, but one thing I want to, I want to update on is it's on your little buddy, Matt from hyper sportsman and the 20 K race. So <laughs> for those of you that follow along, um, I don't know, it was about four episodes along, uh, in the past now, and me and Elliot, or me and Elliot, me and Matt talked about how we were going to change the 20K race to the mark of the collab, which actually brings us to another update, to be honest. Um, we had to cancel the collab, unfortunately. Heartbreaking, honestly. Uh, we had to cancel the collab um, more or less because of my surgery and not being able to travel and not being able to ask off for another week of work when I just missed like two and a half weeks um, right before that. So huge, huge bummer to, to me and I'm sure everybody else in the flywheels collective. And I'm sure some of you guys, that it'd be go time right too. now. It, yeah. it would be this weekend. No, I literally, I would be, weekend. I think I'd be leaving. Like I wouldn't be on this. We wouldn't be recording because I'd be driving in the bus right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is pretty, it is pretty heartbreaking, but, uh, we tried, guys, we tried really hard to figure out different dates or do like a partial collab and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it just it just didn't pan out. Uh, that's why we got to pl- we have to like plan this in like June because you got six super avid waterfowl hunters that are doing traveling, that are doing trips, that are hunting and got plans. And we got to come together and find a date and lock it down. Um, and once once that happened, we locked it down. But all the other dates, it's just so hard to get six people to, to be able to do it. So it just couldn't happen um, this year. Um, but don't worry. We're going to do it again next year. But it is it really is heart-wrenching that, that we had to cancel it um, for sure. So I was thinking about that today, Elliot, how it would have been today or tomorrow. We've been all seeing each other, and, oh, man, it would have yep. been fun. So, um, yep. But 
to kind of, you know, the, the update on the 20K race, well, me and Matt decided that we're going to do it so we could do for the collab. We'd make the cutoff. It would have been tomorrow at 4 p.m. Um, and by the way, I would have crushed Matt. But, um, <laughs> which, uh, man, we would have been, oh, man, we would have been ripping. You made such a comeback again, just like last year. We would have been ripping wax right off his chest and <laughs> I, I don't think he has much chest hair so yeah I don't think that's it true. Hurt him too much it wouldn't hurt but on You're me like, and the other i'm more i'm just glad that i saved myself man because i i have a lot of chest hair i'm like a, a grizzly bear See, you're more daring than me. I would never. I, there's, I just would never get into a bet where someone could rip my chest hair off with wax. It's, it's calculated. It. It's like it's calculated. I just knew I wasn't going to lose. Uh, it never I was would, close. Just, I, I, I base everything in my life on on a risk reward. Is the risk or is the reward greater? Hey, and in in that instance, the risk to me is way greater than the reward. No, because let's think. Let's just rewind to last year. You said the same thing. You you wouldn't do even the nose thing, but like heck, no. no but the reward, man, that was hilarious. It was hilarious watching that. It was, and everybody was. was dying laughing. I mean, people were like almost crying laughing watching Matt rip his nose. I'm, that's the reward right there. And not only that, but we get to share that's, it with all the viewers. Yes, but that's and, an, mm. But that's not that's not better than the risk would be bad. The risk was like the re- the reward like if, of watching. If it would have been me, the risk is having your nose hairs ripped out. But it's like guy. ten seconds of pain. Ten seconds of pain for uh, uh no no uh, yeah it's not for me it's not that bad I I don't mind being the butt of a joke even if I would have lost which like I'm super competitive I didn't want to lose and so like it helped both of us because we were both motivated more even more so. Um, you know, even for the 20K race, you know, because nobody really wants to get their chest waxed, I don't think. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so kind of, kind of. Matt might, he might want to. Maybe. He does, he does like to do like Tinder and, and swipe right or whatever. I don't, I don't know how that works, but. <laughs> does he? Uh, yeah. Is that, a, maybe I shouldn't put that on the podcast, but. <laughs> but, uh, so maybe. I won't ask any more questions. Maybe that would help him with his, uh you know, swiping or something. So he put pictures of a uh, cleanly uh, wax chest on there. Yeah. I'm probably <laughs> like one a, of those pictures, probably like a pile of pumpkins too, or something. <laughs> he is quite the little farmer. <laughs> he makes so much. It's like, dude, you live alone. What are you doing? <laughs> He's like hanging out on the side of the road, selling hedge apples that day. I'm like, what are you doing, man? That's apparently some good money. <laughs> It better be. Uh, you know, I mean, he enjoys it, I guess. It must be a Nebraska thing. So, I guess. But, uh, Lonely little feller. <laughs> so, back to the 20 Kers. Um, so we agreed after I had the surgery. He's like, hey, um, do you want to like call it off completely? I'm like, no, man, we made too big of a deal for too long. Like, even if I get crushed, like, I'm not going to call it off because, like, it just didn't seem right to, like, make all this uh you know like promote it as like we're doing this 20k race and all this and the loser has to um get their chest wax and all that and then i'm just gonna be like nah i quit like i'm even if i was gonna lose i wasn't gonna quit i'm like we've been you know so but the funny thing is i'm still up i'm but i'm up big i'm gonna win so <laughs> but we changed it back to the 20k up by? uh like almost a thousand 
So, so but I don't know. You still have. So what is your what is your count? Because I wouldn't count. I wouldn't count your chickens yet. I know. I'm not counting. My so you got, I'm just you just well, you just said I'm going to win. Uh, yeah, that's what you said. I mean, that's kind of counting chickens. I'm just trying to exude confidence. Declared, exude confidence. Just declared a victory. I'm not, you know, it's like uh, Conor McGregor, man. <laughs> I'm I'm the Conor McGregor of 20k races, <laughs> of sub races. I'm un, I'm the undefeated, undisputed champion. <laughs> you keep it up, you may win within a month. I'm uh I won't I won't win within a month. I'm at like 18k. Um, I'll be at like 18k yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, you gained about that in the last month and a half, though. Yeah. So I mean, maybe by the end of the year. And I'm just hoping that uh, he doesn't shoot too many mallards and doesn't make too many videos, and <laughs> that I can start oh, shooting some birds. A lot of videos. Yeah, he he's has. already shot a hundred ducks. He's he's a man. He is grinding it out over there for sure. How many hunts has that guy been on? I don't know. I think it's like 24 or something. Oh, it's got to be more than that. Uh, that's got to be more than that. Well, that's what he's got up on his YouTube channel. Okay, so he better not ever get married. <laughs> you know with a guy like that like we're giving we're almost giving matt too much airtime on the podcast but we'll, we'll we'll uh end it with this but like a guy like that man it can either go it can go one of two ways either he's gonna keep he's gonna get married and they're just gonna have to be okay with it or he's gonna do it or he's just gonna find somebody and he finally swipes right and uh then he's just he's literally just gonna quit cold turkey and never hunt again so some guys are like that yeah that's that's my prediction. You know that guy in high school, they get a girlfriend, you never see him again. Yep. You're like all of a sudden you're uh he's like I had I had a buddy. Um he listens to this. So, what's up man? You'll probably know that I'm talking about you. But <laughs> it was like all of a sudden he got a girlfriend and like we'd be hanging out and like he would go like out to his truck. Like but it would be like we'd be hanging out at his house. <laughs> so, uh <laughs> But yeah, some dudes get like that for sure. So, that's I don't know. We'll yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens to Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So another update I got. Another update I got. Elliot was the snake swamp blind went missing. What do you think? What do you think about that? I know you already know the outcome, but I'm going to ask you before. About what again? I, the it, the it snake swamp blind. Um, going missing. That was pretty interesting. That was pretty pretty interesting. I think that uh, you don't check USGS real time water data enough. Well, yeah, That's what I think. maybe. Um, but it's not like connected. I, it, the swamp's not connected to like uh, a river or anything. It's just it's by one. It but. has to be. I mean. Yeah, but I mean, it's it, the only way that that thing's floating off is if the river rises. It's not that swamp's not going to float up. It's not going to gain that much without the river, is it? Um, it's got to be overflowed river. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the river could have connected. I just didn't know that it could do that. <clears throat> to be fair, oh, yeah. so. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it uh, was we, pretty interesting. I, I, I'm kind of bummed that someone didn't uh, vandalize it. I thought that would have been more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, that would have been heartbreaking, though. I'm glad that didn't happen. So, anyways, yeah. to to give, like, the full update, I went out there to hunt. It was the day after opener, and I brought four people. We paddled up to the spot that we put the blind, and it's on eight 55-gallon drums. I had it pinned with um, a T-post between, like, a pile of buck brush and, and a T-post, and we literally had to, like, 
push it across the mud. If you guys watched the Snake Swamp series on YouTube, you saw us like prying it across the mud to get it in position. So I did not think it could move. Um, but yeah, it rained a ton. I couldn't get back in there because I was getting the bus done, then the chase the opener, then my surgery. And so I, that was the first time I could get, get back in there. Um, and yeah, it just floated away. We rolled up to the spot. I couldn't believe it. Like you should have seen my face when, uh, I'm like, it was this, this is where it's at, <laughs> where it was at. Yeah, I bet. Oh man. And then they're like scrambling, trying to figure out like, Hey, where are we going to hunt? And like, I was almost in shock. Like I couldn't be like, they're like, should we like split up or we, some would go here and there. And I'm just sitting there like, um, like it was hard to be excited about hunting when, mm-hmm. when, uh, that blind that was supposed to be like this big deal for the snake swamp series, you know, that I, I'd been building it all summer. Oh man, it was a struggle yeah. getting it done. And then we couldn't even hunt it. So, um, well, how many hours did you put into that, that whole thing as far as the, the organizing, buying materials, well, building it. I mean, you had to have hours and hours. I had, oh yeah. And I, <laughs> um, I, I never calculated how many hours, but, um, I'm sure some people would be more efficient than I was doing it. Uh, but I've never even calculated the money, but I know that it was, uh, I don't even know if I want to say it was a very expensive endeavor. <laughs> you better calculate that money for taxes. It's all right. Right. Offable. I've, I've calculated it enough to know that it's above a certain dollar amount that I'm almost embarrassed to say, because wood was like, this is when we had wood prices just skyrocketed. And I just mm-hmm. said, screw it. I'm still going to do it. Um, because I want to, what was it? How much? How much? Oh man. It's a thou- it was, a Lay thou- it, honest. It, was Everyone wants it cost a thousand plus. A lot of money. I was hoping it was a little more. I was hoping you were gonna be like ten thousand. No, no. It seems like that seems like a lot, a lot for some wood. Sure. I mean, a lot. It was a lot yeah. of wood. A lot of treated wood. I used treated wood. Um, the barrels, everything. You know. Um. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of yeah. So. I'm just gone. Floated <laughs> away. Floated home. Yeah. So I got the drone out. I flew it over there and I found the blind and. Um, we actually, we got it back in position. Um, we, actually we didn't get it back in position. I changed, I, 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 uh, take that back, but we got it to a huntable spot. If you guys have watched the videos, you know, I got a couple places in there. It was at Mallard Bay is what I call it. Um, and I moved it over to mm-hmm. Wood Duck Point. Cause I mean, it floated, it floated like 400 yards, like something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we wouldn't have gone and got it, it would have like it, when the water dried up, it would have been on dry land, and then we never like until it rained again a lot, we wouldn't have been able to go get it. So, how did it float through all that brush? Because that place is chock full of of brush. I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. It had to, it was like playing plinko through that swamp. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it just bouncing off buck brush. <laughs> And eventually it got it got stopped by a log or it would have gone even further, a log that fell across. It really was our saving grace because it kept it from getting beached any further up on dry ground. <clears throat> so, yeah, we got it back in position in a huntable position. And, uh, you know, we're good to go now. So it's not where I wanted it originally, but. That was my second choice, and the amount of work it would have taken to move it probably wouldn't have been worth it overall. So, 
Or maybe it would have. I don't know. It was just, we were struggling to move it. We had, uh, <laughs> I was pulling it, or I was paddling a canoe, pulling that whole blind, like going like a mile per hour. And then uh, Swampy mm-hmm. was in there push pulling with a two by four. So. You needed a real push pull. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's so it. So the hunting has not been very good in the snake swamp, has it? Well, it's uh the first day we shot 14 out of there. So that that was a good day. No. Um, All wood ducks or mallards or what? Uh, we shot a couple mallards and then, yeah, four man of wood ducks. The so, mallards pass shots or <laughs> finishing? On the, the mallards or the, the wood ducks? Mallards. I don't care about the wood ducks. The wood ducks were like 50-50 um, passing and finishing. And you take that back, man. Wood ducks are awesome. And they're beautiful. <laughs> they taste delicious. And stop they're hating pretty. on the south. <laughs> that's nothing to do with the south what do you mean that's like the staple of southern hunting is wood ducks well that's their problem that's their problem i just they don't decoy and they're maybe not for you duck because you can't keep your face down <laughs> <laughs> nah, and the mallards the mallards were finishing too so um but since there hasn't been any big ducks or any till using it this year which is a little bit different and the wood ducks aren't using it as like a loaf, like a morning loaf this year. They're using it as a roost. Mm-hmm. So it was way easier to hunt it last year when they're using it as a, uh, as a loaf coming in, uh, you mm-hmm. know, between like, uh, the start of shooting light to uh, a couple hours after. And now it's like, they're just all in there hundreds of them, but, uh, then they leave. So we can pass you some as they leave, but yeah, I don't know. That's odd. Excuse me. Me and my dad did go in there and hunt that blind the next morning because of how many ducks we saw roosting in there. And it's supposed to freeze up and all that. So I know hunting the roost, all that. But, you know, it's my roost. So I want to hunt it. Yeah. Yeah. It's your roost. You hunt it whenever you want. (laughs) So um, don't have a good hunt so I can have a good hunt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we went in there and actually my dad shot his limited wood duck, so that was pretty cool. Nice. Yep. He hasn't been hunting much, it doesn't seem like. I haven't seen him much. I haven't seen which I'm I'm behind on your videos a little bit. Uh I'm not sure how many, maybe three. Um, but I haven't seen him or Hunter this year. Yeah. Uh Hunter's I think Hunter is a deer hunter officially now, so we'll see. We'll see mm. how much he actually duck hunts. Um Yeah. <clears throat> <coughs> excuse me mm. it's coughing so good uh but yeah dad's on it he hunted uh opener and he hunted then so you know getting in a couple here or there that's why you know one a week there so mm-hmm. that's about i think that's about mm-hmm. normal pace for him he doesn't he doesn't hunt a ton during the year so not like yeah. not like me he doesn't hit that like 50 to 60 mark <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah i think that covers kind of you know the major updates i had you know Cancel the collab. I'm going to beat Matt in the 20K race. Snakes want blind. All that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah. You got any updates? Well, I got hunt updates. I mean, I've just been trying to hunt as much as I can. And, uh, you know, get out videos and everything. So, I, I don't You haven't been doing anything, been uh, long since anything extra in your unpaid leave time? 
what uh, what unpaid leave time is that? <laughs> it's a that was a joke about you missing the podcast. oh from the podcast. Oh oh yeah 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 I got it. No I haven't. It's been hunting as much as I can. I mean in October is normally a really really good month for us. I think last year I think I shot almost thirty birds in October, and so we travel out west quite a bit um, because the zone around my area is not open. But this year we just have such a lack of water that I, that I skipped the opener out there because it was like almost going to be 90 degrees and there was no birds. So I'm like, forget that. I'm not going to the opener. So I'm going the second weekend. We went the second weekend. It was about the worst weekend of duck hunting that I can remember ever. I mean, I two hunts. We were supposed to go out there and do three hunts in a row. Hunt one, we shot one bird. Hunt two, we shot zero birds, and we didn't even hunt the third day. I shot one shell all weekend. And, I mean, that's pretty much where we go in October. And we have some other places, but, I mean, the water situation and the bird situation, the weather situation was just terrible. So I'm like, man, well, I'm not going next weekend. But in my zone, the veterans, I don't even know why they call it veterans, because it's actually just military. Uh, veterans or active duty military can hunt the weekend before the opener, and youth can hunt. So I got an idea because I just I wanted to get out some videos and I wanted to just get in some hunting in some areas that I thought were going to be good, productive hunts. So I, I reached out to a guy that I'd never hunted with before, but I had talked to on Instagram, lives in my area, he's a military guy. I'd run into him hunting a couple of times because um, we hunt the same places. And I so I, I contacted him and I said, hey, you know, what do you think about me um, hanging out with you, just following you around and. And we can hunt Saturday and Sunday, and I'll just film it. And so he thought that was a pretty decent idea. So I had I, I had Friday all day off, and my dad and I went scouting all around. And then we, I mean, we found it was the, one of the better days of scouting I've ever had. It was big ducks everywhere. This was the first transition in the state where it went from teal to big ducks. And we found several places where it was just ducks everywhere. So I was really, really excited. So... Um, my friend's name's Andy. Uh, my dad wasn't coming. So was Andy and I, he, um, his friend couldn't make it. So it was just the two of us. And we went into this little kind of swampy. Did you see that video? The, with all the thousands or hundreds of ducks coming oh, yeah. in the morning. Probably saw I mean, that's kind of swampy looking, right? It's more looks like a swamp than it does like your typical Midwestern marsh. Um, so we got in there super early. We got our spot. And I mean, the veterans youth weekend, it, you know, there was, there's just not as many people, so it's not normally that crowded. But um, that hunt started, and more ducks poured in in the first five minutes than I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I don't know how to even count how many birds. They didn't all just come and right land by us, but they were coming through our decoys, land our decoys. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many. It had to be over a 1,000. I'm guessing a couple thousand. It was just crazy. It was, It was awesome. It was just a spectacle and so i got i got a lot of it on film i mean it was still really dark so it doesn't even look like my it doesn't look it doesn't even look like duck hunting i don't even know man it's not it's it, it was crazy and that is i mean that and that doesn't even do it justice what what i got on camera doesn't even do it justice i mean yeah it was just i i don't even know how to describe it like it was just just they were just all landing on you and it was all different types of species just everywhere yeah just constantly it's like, I don't yeah. even know how you hunt in that. It's like, you pull the trigger. We just, just watched. Like yeah. one shot, you could just shoot your limit <laughs> on accident. It was crazy. It was mallards, gadwall, um, teal, wood ducks. 
Uh, we didn't see any pintail that, but it was just crazy. It was just crazy. It was crazy. So Andy decided at that point, because in my scouting, I was like, man, there's quite a few mallards in here. So Andy decided, hey, I'm just going to try to shoot mallards. And he knew I was trying to film, and it was kind of, um, it was dark. So he just took his time and was super patient and um, just tried to shoot mallards. And, and he ended up not getting all mallards. But over the next couple hours, he shot his six. And it was just phenomenal. It was just a phenomenal hunt, a phenomenal morning. It was great. And um, the video turned out awesome. It's crushing it on YouTube, which it's called, I think it's called You've Never Seen. You've Never Seen This Many Ducks Before. And I knew I'd get a couple comments like, yes, I have. I've seen more ducks than Mm -hmm. that. You know, I was just waiting for it. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, it's just a better title than I've, you know. Seen more ducks. Never seen this many ducks, which is completely accurate. And Georgie just crushed it. And the the thing that I was the most happy about on that whole hunt, and I got so many vid- comments on the videos of this. This wood duck, Georgie was sitting beside me on her banded sleeve stand, which is not covered, and I need to get a cover. But she's just sitting there. And last year, she was about 90% steady. Well, 85 90% steady throughout the year. It was, her, it was her first year of hunting. So she had her ups and downs with it. But, I mean, this year she has been 100% steady. She has not broke one single time. Um, and this wood duck, no joke, came right at her into her face and landed about five to six yards in front of her. And she was steady, steady. She did not, she flinched and she let out a little whine. But, I mean, I couldn't believe that she was steady through that. I mean, she is a super high drive dog. So two two things. There, yeah. yeah. One thing that was that was super that was unbelievably impressive. Um, I thought the same thing as everybody else, but I mean that's crazy because it, it did land right next to her. But also mm-hmm. that does prove that wood ducks do decoy. So continue. <laughs> well, there's a difference between them landing in your decoys and them decoying. So they, when I can, I'm I'm talking more working, you know, when I'm talking about wood ducks, it's like they don't I, I they don't act like puddle ducks. They don't work. They kind of stream through and they either plop down or they keep going. That's from my experience from my, cause I don't, I don't hunt them a lot. And so they're in my experience. It's just not that half of the fun for me in duck hunting is working ducks, calling them, getting them circling around you. And you just, you know, from what I've seen of wood ducks in my area, it's like they might come and plop in the decoys or they might come and land, but you're not going to have like working working ducks you know so that's where that and that's what i love about ducks. it's so it's different i don't want 100 percent agree with that but it's it is different but i don't want to detract from your story so we, yeah. won't, we yeah. won't go in a rabbit trail here so yeah well and that's just my experience in this state you know i've seen some videos of thomas's in particular where i thought it was like wow these are really you know they're tipping and mm-hmm. you know and, yeah that happens a so, lot yeah yeah it just doesn't in my life around here and you know, and I don't target them. I had I had multiple places this Saturday over the opener where I could have targeted wood ducks. I just chose not to. But and they're beautiful, and I you know they're beautiful ducks. I yeah. just don't like them like like puddle ducks. So anyway, but they are a puddle um, duck. Let's just. But anyway, continue. <laughs> Sorry, I don't like them like I like the rest of the puddle ducks. Okay, there we go. You know, I mean, they really should be a different. They really should be like a tree duck. I think there should be like a separate category. I don't. I, I can I see an argument for that. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I'm, they're they're beautiful birds, and I like to shoot some of them when I get a chance. I just don't target them because they don't act the way I want them, like the other ducks act. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so this, I mean, I, I got so many comments on on how steady she was there, and and that, and that I was just so 
ridiculously proud and she did she did a phenomenal job the only downside of the hunt was i screwed up because first duck he shot was a mallard drake and i thought it was dead and i sent georgie and then she got too close to it that he couldn't kill it and it there, this place was full of brush and it got back in the brush and um we lost it and that was 100 percent my fault for sending her early because he could have just killed it easy if i hadn't sent her so that was kind of a bummer but the day was just a smashing success it was awesome and so the um the next day um we we're trying to figure out where to go we we're gonna go back to the same place and i was just like you know i had scouted this other place i wanted to go to and it was easier to hunt, cleaner, more traditional, little, you know, kind of prairie looking marsh. And I had seen thousand plus ducks in there on Friday. I'm like, let's let's go there. Let's go there instead. And so he had his buddy with him the second day. And we went in there and had an awesome hunt. In fact, th this video was just released uh, yesterday. And we had an awesome hunt in there. He and his buddy shot shot their limit. Well, actually, we were ended up one duck away from limit because they only brought in 30 shells between the two of them. And his friend has only, he just started duck hunting this year and he didn't really, he didn't really shoot bad at all. But once he had like six shells and, um, his, and Andy had limited and he knew that he only had six shells to kill his last duck. He like felt all this pressure and you could uh -huh. feel it. And so he ended up missing all over his last six and we ran out of shells. So <laughs> he had to leave minus one duck, but I mean, it was awesome. And that day, day two, it was totally different. Cause it was probably 70% pintails. And so it was really unique because they shot their two pintails in the first 30 minutes. Mm. And this was a gray day. And so a big part of this day was like identifying whether it was a pintail or a gadwall. Um, because in, in this, you know, when it gets those kind of colors where it's just gray and kind of dark, it's hard to tell. So they could have shot their limit a lot faster. There was a bunch of gadwalls, but they were just being so careful not to shoot an illegal duck because they had their pintails that it took them a little bit longer, but that day was, was really, really good day too. So that whole weekend was, was fan. I didn't, I couldn't hunt cause I'm not military, but I was on both hunts and they were really, really successful. So, um, so could you do it? Were, could you be a cameraman full time? No, I wouldn't want to do it full time, but I think I'll make, I'll probably make that vet weekend a tradition. I really enjoy not one time during those that I think, Oh, I want to shoot. I want to shoot. I want to shoot. I mean, it's fun. It's fun filming ducks. Oh yeah, and working the dog. It's really fun. So I didn't have any problem not shooting on that week. Now I will say, both of those hunts, all of the shots were close and within thirty yards. But both days we were just for some reason having problems getting ducks to finish that last ten yards. And I want to shoot my ducks hovering feet down the last 10 yards, but between 15 yards and zero to the water. That's where I want to kill them. And we seem to be having a little bit of problems doing that. It's like they would get to about that 15 mark and then they were getting shot at, you know, 25 to 30. And, and then that's, that's fine. I just, it always just leaves a little bit of a hesitation with me. It's like, well, we just, we weren't quite doing something to get them to finish that last little bit. I want to finish them that last little bit. I'm not, fully fully happy unless that's taking place where you guys and haven't oh you're hiding in the brush on both of them so well on the first day we were and i don't know what the problem was with the cover on the first, i really don't i'm not, but the second day we had that we cut a bunch of willows and we and we put them around us but i still just don't think you know when you're talking you know pentails and gadwall can be pretty un unusually wary as well i mean it's just three guys and a dog you just have to be sometimes completely 
and totally hidden. And we were just like 70% hidden, you know, and that last 30% is the difference between shooting them in close, but not finishing fully finishing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where we were. In fact, that's where we've been on all these hunts in my hunt on Monday um, with Jake from chasing green. We shot 10 Mallard Drakes and, a lot of uh, we ended up with seventy. We were one away from our limit that day too, and it was the same thing. We just weren't. We were about seventy percent brushed, and we just weren't quite getting them to do the last little bit that we needed them to do. And that's that always leaves a little t- bad taste in my mouth. But even though those hunts were fantastic and I loved them, it's just you know. And I think honestly, I think after talking to enough guys. I think there's a good portion of people out there that that's about as good as they get. They don't ever quite consistently get birds to finish those last 15 yards. And and they're shooting them out there at, you know, 25 to 35 to 40 instead of, you know, 12 to 25. Um, And I think it's just that last little piece of cover that you need to, to finish that off. And then I and I can get lazy too, and and not finish that last little bit off. I I could have done it Monday, but it would have taken halting the hunt, walking 150 yards to the dike, getting a whole huge sled of brush, bringing it back over, and so I could have done it. I just that walk and doing it, it's like, well, you know, we're shooting birds, we're shooting them, we're getting birds, we're shooting mallards, and so. Yeah, you never know when the birds are going to stop flying, too. And then you feel silly, you brushed in the the blind, and then the birds never fly again. And we run into that here, obviously, because Mm -hmm. uh, we don't have as many birds uh, most of the time. So it's like uh, we might only have that first hour and a half, and then they're just done Mm -hmm. flying for the day. And so it's like you brush, stop it, and you waste that time. Um, You know, it just depends on do you want to shoot – how you want to shoot – four birds potentially all the way um, decoying in or mm-hmm. you okay with them finishing at that 20 yards. And then too, on that point with uh, it being the, you know, brush dependent, um, it also, you know, depends on the ducks, the wariness level and um, the pressure mm-hmm. level and all that kind of stuff kind of plays into it too. So it's like, if you get those fresh ducks, man, maybe uh, if they're fresh, not pressured, you would have finished them with that blind mm-hmm. that day. So, yeah. you know, yeah. but if they've been getting shot at, Oh, they're a little bit more weary to your your uh, setup there. Yeah, every hunt is a little bit different, so every hunt's a little different. So we had two hunts this last this last weekend: the opener Saturday, the real opener, and then I went out Monday. So Saturday, I hate openers so much. I just there's just there's like it feels like there's five ten times as many people out hunting on openers as it's probably more. It is. <laughs> probably more. It's probably yeah. Probably is. No, it is. is. It's got to be more. It just has to be. Yeah. Probably like 500%. I'm just like there's a guy in every single spot. I'm the opposite of you because I know it's going to be like that's only one, like one time a year, unless you're doing what I do, like chasing the openers. Um, And I kind of like, I enjoy the chaos of an opener. And maybe that's just Mm -hmm. something after you've done it so many times, you're just like, I just want normal duck season. But Mm -hmm. our openers usually are pretty good. You can find birds a lot easier. Um, and then it's about getting to that spot and beating the people out. Um, and I haven't had a, I, I, you hear all these horror stories about people where they have people that set up like 60 yards from them or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I've yet to really have a terrible opening day experience. And I know that that's more likely to happen on that day, but you know, I've done a lot of openers 
and we've we've fared pretty well. And I, I like the the chaos that goes along with well, it. Let me give let me give you an opening day story that happened just this last weekend with uh, Keegan. We talked it. about Ke- we've talked about Keegan, right? Yeah. So Keegan came up to this area, and um, I kind of helped him with some. Here's where I saw the birds. Maybe go here. Maybe go there. And so he got in really really early. Um, and he went to the pool that I wanted him to go to the pool that I hunted on mo- on Monday and he gets to the pool and there is like seven guys in the pool and they're all hunting together, but they're all spread out with flashlights. <laughs> and so as soon as he hits the pool, they all start converging on him. Right. And it's just like this huge group of guys are like, well, we're just going to spread out and take this whole pool, even though the pool can handle three or four groups. Mm. Right. They're controlling the whole thing. So Keegan's the courteous guy. He's like, okay, I'll go to this other place. So he went to the secondary place, and he got the spot that he wanted. He's all set up. I mean, he's there early, 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 like before midnight. And, you know, loses all that sleep, Gets, but he's got the spot he wants, the secondary spot. 5.30, here comes some guys. And they get within 75 yards of him and set up. So he goes over there and talks to him, and he's like, guys, you, you know, you're setting him right downwind of us. Um, this is not even safe. And the guys are basically like, you know, screw you. We'll do what we want to do, you know, and we're going to sit up here. It's public land. And, and, you know, guys love to say that. Well, it's public land. It's like, okay, if, if you're in a park and you're sitting on a bench and I come and I sit and so close to you that I'm touching you and breathing on you, I could say the same thing. It's a public park. I can sit where I want. Yeah, you can come over and sit so close to me. You're basically on my lap. It's not illegal to do that. It's just not courteous to do it. So that that whole argument of, well, it's public land, that's such a garbage thing to say. Because, yeah, there's public places, but we expect on the subway or on the bus, you expect people to keep a certain distance from you that is outside of your bubble, right? And if they get inside of that, that's unethical. It's the same thing on public land. You can come and set up 75 yards, not against the law. You're just an ass if you do it. It Period. is. It is In some states, it is against the law. So, I mean, it um, is. It almost was in Kansas. They were going to put it at 200, but they didn't do it yeah. at 200. But, I, you yeah, know, I would hard. be a fan, I think, of like 150 um, just to kind of cover like some random situations. But, um, but yeah, I, 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 I do think it should be a law, to be honest. I do think it should be. It's just hard to police, and it's hard to gauge the distance. So story's not over, though. So... You know, these guys are just kind of their attitudes are jerks and they're going to do what they want to do and whatever. And he told him, he's like, you know, you're too close to us. It's not even safe. First group comes in. He shoots at them, shoots at the group of birds. Well, the guys are downwind of them. So what do you think happens? Right. They get they get sprayed with his shot. They stand up and they start screaming at him that what a jerk he is and how unethical a hunter he is and how he's a piece of crap. Right. So now what's he supposed to do then? So he basically just put down the gun for a while. So that crap only happens on opening day. That's his whole night. That's his whole night. And it's just like, that's how opening day feels. So when we get an opening day, I'm not going to go. I don't care where the ducks are. I'm not going for them. I'm going to try to find a place where I can shoot some ducks and I don't have to deal with a situation like that because, you know, it's too much work. It's too little sleep to deal with some guy rolling in too late and pulling that crap on you. You know, I mean, that's the one weekend that so many of the hunters are just like your once or twice a year guys that, you know, it's just not fun. It's and and there's so many shots going off that finishing birds is almost impossible. It's not it's 
it's so hard to finish birds with so many shots going off because it can be a shot 800 yards away. It's still going to flare the birds if they're working. Yeah. And so can I, I just can't stand it. Can I tell an opening day story now too? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, three years ago, me and Swamp Man went up to Michigan on opening day. and We hunted a marsh that we'd never been to. We got in there and we were like the second or third boat in there. And uh, this marsh is huge. You guys know it because I hunt it. Uh, you know, Michigan marsh is what I call it. But um, anyways, I'm just offsetting your your bad story because there is terrible ones, but there's awesome I've ones too. I've got good opening day stories too. I've got good opening day stories too. So, but we go in there and um, we hunt all day. We hunt hard. We figure out the birds. And we actually ended one shy of our two-man limit. First time hunting that area in the swamp. Or the marsh, I mean, and uh, it was awesome. And it was it was opening day. I'll say opening day is like it's like Christmas for duck hunters. But there is some terrible situations like that. But for me, I'm always going to try to find the good ones. But you can't control other people. That's that's what it comes down to, yeah. especially on public land, like you said, and especially on openers where it's the people who don't hunt a lot. But for me, I'm still going to go out. Like I just I just guess I want to put like a positive perspective on it. Um, because I really, I mean, I love openers. I lo- I really do, or else I wouldn't chase the openers. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why I love them because it is some chaos. You know, I love all all of duck season, but um, openers are a lot of fun for me. If I didn't work, I would not. I wouldn't absolutely not hunt them. I would just stay away. But so we always hunt them, but we travel to different zones. So unlike you, you travel to the zones for the opener. We travel to the zones to get away. From <laughs> you, you're the dodging Normally the we openers. Just yeah, we're dodging the openers, and I'm I'm um, seeking them out. <laughs> well, and I will say the openers. See, I, the part of the state that I live in is a lot more higher uh, population density than some of the other zones. So, like some of the zones we go to, I don't really mind the openers that much. But in my zone, there's just such a high population density that it's just. It's different. It's overwhelming, right? So, but out west more, it's well, some places out like you go to the giant bottoms, and I won't, I won't go there on the open. It's just a zoo. Yeah. But, but so the place that we found to hunt was freshwater. It had been raining, freshwater. We found it. There weren't any ducks on it, but just a beautiful little place. And my Aiden and dad and, and I thought, you know, let's just go in there. I know if we get this hole, we'll be able to hold the place down. And I think we'll shoot some ducks. So we went in this little place, pretty little place, and we shot six green wing teal. It was about in the first 20 minutes, and it was dark camera stuff. So I'd, I'd probably just put this on, put this video on Patreon, which patreon.com slash freelance duck hunting is where we put all our extra content. If you want to come help support us over there, um, come on over. But this is probably where that video will go because it just, you know, it was, it was a quick in and out hunt it was but it was fun it was a beautiful day it's my dad naden and i you know we got a few birds and so i much preferred that to just fighting it and and trying to just go for it and beat everyone else in there and and so that that's what i chose to do that anyway it was really really fun so um and reports were good people shot people shot a lot of ducks so we started scouting after that and and there was a lot of scouting that happened on the saturday and the sunday and I was going to go out, um, Jake from Chasing Green, um, he came up and stayed at the house, and he was with um, another guy named Alan, who's a really, really cool guy. And I was going to take the day off to go hunt with him on Monday, just because I've only hunted with Jake a couple times. And I, the prospects, I was like, man, this is going to suck. You know, I mean, the Monday after opening weekend, this is not going to be good at all. But we did have a cool front coming in, and actually it's hitting more um, yesterday than it did 
th- at this time, but uh, Josh from Outdoor Limits was actually hunting this whole Sunday evening. And I was waiting to hear back from his report because that's where I wanted to go. It was the same place I went on the second day of the vet, the vet hunt. And um, Josh got back and he's doing Marco Polos and he's like, he was really encouraging with what he saw. And so um, I, I was, before hearing Josh's report, I was like, man, I am so pessimistic about this hunt i just think it's gonna were you suck. gonna were you gonna go to work if you hadn't heard that uh, from no I, but i was probably i wasn't gonna go to work but i was getting to the point where there's this one lake i've always wanted to scout and jake had been talking about it too and it's like two hours away so i was getting to the point of just making it a scout day um because i mean you know opening saturday and sunday these marshes just get hammered and and without fresh ducks typically the second weekend of the year is after this the weekend after the opener is the worst weekend of the year because unless you have fresh ducks migrate in, they are just on ponds and, and they the second weekend there. after opener. The, so you got the opener and then the next weekend is the worst. Yep. Typically. Um, or that whole week probably, but I, I can't ton it cause I'm working, but we had this cold front come in and apparently a bunch of birds came in like Saturday and Sunday. Cause we had strong, strong North winds. And I didn't think the birds would probably come in until Monday or Tuesday um but because that's when the, the little bit of the colder weather came but i mean they came in we we got in the marsh and ran into one guy out there and he's like yeah i was out here yesterday and there was a bunch of mallards and i hadn't hardly i mean i didn't think there was many mallards around at all and so then i started getting really really excited so i went from sunday night thinking man this is gonna suck we'll be lucky to shoot a few ducks to monday morning man we may shoot a bunch of mallards and uh i can't i cannot even believe how many ducks we saw um, this past Monday, I mean, we're recording Wednesday, so this was two days ago. I mean, there was a constant stream of mallards and gadwalls the entire morning, clear up until like 11 o'clock. It's finally started to slow down a little bit, but it was just a constant stream of big flocks of ducks. You know, you look up in the air and you see them the entire flock with their wings set, you know, as they're kind of dropping down in and, mm. and, uh, we ended up with 10 mallard drakes and a bunch of gadwalls, um, a couple redheads, but it was awesome because I, I mean, I just had, I would have bet money we wouldn't shoot 10 mallard drakes. And so that hunt was really, really, really enjoyable. So that's um, awesome. Yeah. And that was the last hunt. That was, that was Monday and super fun hunting with Jake and Alan and Georgie just crushed it again. She's just, man, she's having such a good year. I mean, her hand signals aren't, I know I need more work with that, but I mean, I'm still, even on blinds, I'm getting her to where I want her to go. Sometimes it's not exactly the straight line that I want, but she's always getting the river. She's just crushing it this year. She is such a phenomenal little dog. And so she's showing off in front of Jake and Alan and getting all the birds and we're crushing them. And, and it was just, it was really, really fun that hunt and shooting. And I personally ended up with, uh, four mallard drakes and two gadwalls and shot a double on the gad. And this was probably one of the best finishing groups was this group of like five gadwalls. And I was the only one shooting and they came right down in. It's like, bam, you know, just two shots in a row and you kill two and you're the only one shooting and they're filming it. And that's a really awesome feeling. You know? Oh yeah. That's the best. So, uh, and we only, there was one other guy in the entire marsh and he came in a little bit later and I saw him and I, he was getting close. So I just, I just like to walk right to those guys and talk to them before you got to get to people before they start putting the decoys out. And when I, when I do that, I don't, my attitude right off the bat is like, Hey, nice to meet you. You know, my name's Elliot. I'm like really, really friendly. 
and even offered for him to come and hunt with us. But he's like, oh, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. I'll go way over here and I'll try to make sure not to. Because it looked like he was going to sit up downwind of us. And um, But he was so nice and courteous. And he set up way over there. I ended up connected with him on social media um, after that. And he, he shot his birds. And so we basically had the whole had the whole place to ourselves. Which I was going to say that about the opener. Um, my dad and I are a little bit weird in that one of our main goals of duck hunting is to shoot birds where we can't see or hear anyone else around. I mean, that's like a huge variable to us, like that desire to do this sport in isolation, which is really, really difficult to get a day where you're shooting limits and you feel like no one else is around. Cause that is just the most, the most special feeling to me in the world. So that for me and the openers that plays into it too. Cause I just know that I'm not going to achieve my ultimate goal of isolation no one else around feet down in the decoy shooting limit so i think that plays into it too that i'm kind of way more fanatical about wanting that than than other people do gotcha yeah i'm like that too but i'm just like i I guess i like variety i'm i'm good with having the openers i'm good with like shooting wood ducks for the first couple weeks um but yeah later on in the season it's like if you can get back in a big marsh and shoot mallards you know that is that is you know one of the the best things about duck hunting so um, but I, but I take all of it. I take the openers. I take the wood ducks. I take the, <laughs> I take, I'll take the isolation when I can get it, where I can get mm-hmm. it. But you know, I guess, uh, you know, uh, there's definitely some variety there in, in duck hunting for sure. So, but sounds well, like I don't, you guys, I don't mind, I don't mind sneaking off to a little hole like we did where we can shoot six ducks and, and not be crowded in. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. You know, oh, yeah. so I, I enjoyed the opener. I just, we're not like, all out trying to get limits. We're still like, mm-hmm. man, let's just find a little hole and have a nice little morning to shoot, you know? Yep. Yep. That's, that's definitely respectable for sure. So, um, but sounds like you're having an awesome start to the season. And, uh, well now, now that you're uh, getting on them and having some good yeah. hunts. So well, um, we had a good teal season and, and, uh, October was slow, but I mean, if you, if you were to count that I would have limited the, the weekend of the vet hunt because those don't count in my numbers, but they count as a duck hunt that was super successful with limits, you know? Yeah. Super, I super fun. Hunt. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we won't let you put that on your uh, hunt stats app. So we'll keep an yeah. eye out to make sure you don't <laughs> add that, add that later. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I'll give a little brief, you know, brief update in my last two duck hunts. And, um, you know, like I said, we're, we're just shooting wood ducks right now at the beginning of season opener we had uh we had a lot of fun oh man um i put it in my video but we had one flock of mallards just do it awesome i mean they came right in turned on a dime came right over the mojo and i whiffed over three that's like the Ooh. worst feeling the worst feeling mm-hmm. so um yeah i don't want to make excuses i have a whole list in my head that i could go through but i missed um poke poke fun at myself in the video um but it is what it is. I did end up shooting my first mallard up in Michigan, though, uh, with with Kevin. Again, we had him uh, cupping right in. Um, but it was pretty slim pickings so far on the mallard front. Um, but the one that I had coming in, I mean, it was coming right over the mojo. And uh, shot first first shot, I dusted it. And the second, second shot, I rolled him. So um, that felt great. Now I just need a, a day where I can get that all morning. And hopefully that's coming soon. So... Um, 
plans coming forward. I'm, I, I'm getting the bus loaded up and actually getting, getting back up to Michigan for the first time since the surgery and all that, uh, a little bit more involved hunt than what I've been doing. So uh, you got, you got plans coming up, Elliot? Well, this Saturday, I think it's just going to be my dad and myself. And, you know, I've been doing a lot of Marco Polos from that little wet timber hole. Um, it's just it's a little tiny hole that's stuck back in the timber with the big beaver beaver dam out in front of it. Do you remember oh, yeah. those? Uh, we're going to go and try to hunt that because these birds came in Saturday, Sunday. So they're going to have a week of kind of being hunted. So we're picking a spot blind without any scouting that we hope this is the type of hunt. It's like if we get three or four flocks come in and we end up with six or seven, we're going to be completely happy. You know, you know, this is a, no one's, I don't think anyone else is going to hunt the spot. So we, I've been getting up so early on all these hunts that this is just going to be kind of like rolling a little bit on towards the end late and enough time to be set up by shooting time and nothing early and sit in there and hope for three or four flocks. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, good luck to you on that. I'm glad that we finally got to sit back down and, and have a podcast after, uh, you know, almost two months. So I'm gl- glad to have you back, Elliot, and glad to be back recording myself. Definitely. I'm, I'm glad to be back too. Alrighty, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Debt Gun Chronicles. Wow. It's been a while, Elliot. <laughs> thanks again, fellas, for tuning in for another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles. Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting, and we'll see you guys on the next one.